Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. Well, we're now going to turn to the reading of God's Word. Uh, so there's some Bibles being handed out. If anyone doesn't have a Bible, do put your hand up and Sharon will find those for you. And Karen is going to come and read. Uh, we're in our penultimate week in the parables of Matthew. And it's the parable of the talents or the parable of the gold bags, as is now translated in the NIV. So uh, over to you, Karen. All right. It's Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30. It's page 749 in the Bibles that are being handed out. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him. And give it to the one who has ten bags, for whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even that will be taken from them. And throw that worthless service out, servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wonderful. Amen. Thanks, Karen, for the reading. Um, this week we pick up in the second part of Matthew 25. So last week was a parable of the ten virgins, as, uh, as Jason had shared. Big idea was that you have five who are unprepared and five who are prepared. And so last week was the importance of being prepared. And this week we're going to see the importance and the necessity of faithful stewardship over everything God has given us. So as Steve has said, uh, this passage is also known as a parable of the talents. Our English word talent means ability or aptitude or something you're particularly good at that maybe somebody else is not. But here a talent was the biggest unit of accounting in Greek money. So it was a simple unit of measurement, it was a unit of weight. So five gold bags or bags of gold corresponds to five talents, two, so on. So to give perspective and magnitude to this, 
let's do a little bit of quick maths and bring it into the 21st century. And to give a bit of an idea of the responsibility and the privilege that the master bestows upon the servants, we will apply this to Dublin. So, uh, a talent was about 20 years' wage of a day labourer. Now, we will say that a day labourer earns the living wage in Dublin, and the living wage in Dublin is €28,000 a year. So, a talent then, 20 years of that, do quick maths, is roughly €560,000 for one talent. So you've got one guy that gets 10 times that, I'll allow you to do the maths, another guy gets five times that, and another guy gets one of that to invest. And so the big idea today is that faithfulness is active responsibility that will take initiative and risk. Here we go. So we'll go through the parable. It begins, again it will be like, again it will be like, what does that mean? Well, at the very start it says, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. So the master has gone into a faraway country and he's going to return. He's, he has given these bags of gold, these investments to his servants to trade for him in his absence. And again, these aren't abilities that we would consider a talent, but rather they're opportunities and they are responsibilities that the Lord gives his people in light of their ability. So these are investments that the master makes in his servants. The master's wealth is entrusted to the servants to steward well until the master returns again. And you notice from the outset that it is not the servant's wealth. It's the master's wealth. So the one who received five bags of gold, he went at once. And we're going to go back to that phrase, he went at once. And he put his money to work. And what happens next? Well, he gains five bags more. The one who received two bags of gold gains two bags more. Both servants begin to invest their master's wealth. And we'll jump to verse 18. But the man who had received one bag went off and he dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. And the most obvious instinct in the one talent servant or the one bag of gold servant was to play it safe. And we're going to come back to that again. We begin to see the fruit of faithfulness. The fruit of faithfulness in two servants and the fruit of fear in one of the servants. This begins to get revealed. Two servants made gains on their investments while the other buried what was given to them. And it goes on to say, after a long time, the master of these servants returned and settled accounts. And, and if you're here last week, you, you'll have heard this is another repetition of after a long time or, or a delayed return. And the reality is that the master does come back. And whenever the master comes back, the master comes back to settle accounts. So the role of the servants is not just to receive the wealth from the master and not just to invest it, but the role is also to give account to the master whenever he returns. So if you look at verses 20 and 22, we, we see the exact same phrase. It says, uh, both servants say, Lord, you entrusted me. The servants recognize God's grace as a source of their work. You entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. And verse 21, what does the master say? Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. So the master uh, to the first two servants, calls them faithful. And we will see in the parable the faithfulness is active responsibility that takes initiative and risk. But the man who had received one bag of gold came and the master, he said, I knew you were a hard man. Where does he get that from? I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And look at these next four words. So I was afraid. I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. You see the dominant trait in the third servant? So I was afraid. 
first two servants took the initiative and risked it all for the master. But yet this third servant took, took fear. He took fear and he buried his investment. And you, you know, the master isn't agreeing with the wicked servant. And, and the master isn't saying, yeah, you're right, I am a hard master. Rather, the master plays the servant at his own game. He said, oh, you knew, did you, that I was a hard master? Well, I would have expected you then to have at least invested the talent so that it would accrue interest. And Jesus continues in the parable that the person who has won should have that taken away from them and given to the person who's five. And the big point is, if you do not use it, you will lose it. I love Jason's story. He only has today. He only has today. You know, and God's primary concern here is faithfulness, not success. God's primary concern in Jason's life is faithful in the today. Not about success for tomorrow or the next day. It's faithfulness in the today, in the here and now. You know, in God's economy, wealth is translated as obedience to him and faithfulness for him. You know, two servants were faithful with what the master had given them, and one servant was fearful of what the master had given them. And remember, as with all these parables in Matthew 22 to Matthew 25, Jesus is speaking to professing believers. Jesus is speaking to what we would call the church. Jesus is speaking to each of us. At the coming of the fullness of the kingdom, there will be those who have been faithful to the end. And Jesus is also speaking to others in the church, and they'll be exposed for their unfaithfulness. They'll be exposed for their lack of investment in what God has given them. So I've, I've quickly ran through the parable. What can we learn from the parable? I want to I suggest four applications that will help us become good stewards of the resources that God has given us. First of all, we're called to steward what God has given us. We've noted it already. The bag of servants were the masters to give. The bags of gold do not belong to the servants. So therefore, the source of work is actually the grace of God. I want us to get that. The source of work is the grace of God. The giving of the bags of gold is called grace. It is unmerited favor. The servants received these bags of gold not because they were good, not because they worked hard, not because they earned it, but because the master entrusted it to them. So we do not earn favor with God because they work hard. We do not earn favor with God to show him how good we have been. We simply take what has been given to us and we invest it for his purposes, not for ours. We get our gifts and we go off and squander them to make our lives better for our own purposes. That's not the reality. We are all recipients of God's grace. But yet one of the servants didn't quite get this. And so again, remember, this is a parable to all professing Christians. And I want us to hold that thought. And you know, it's not a case of some people having a bag of gold and other people not having any. Everyone has a bag of gold. Everyone, all the servants in the parable has a bag of gold. Here, everybody has something. So as I look down at the church, as I look down at professing believers, I tell you, every single one of us has a bag of gold. And so it's all God's to give, but do you notice that God gives it unequally? One person gets 10 bags of gold, one gets five, another gets one, each according to their ability. So each servant gets the master's wealth proportionately to what they can steward. And that's crucial. Each servant gets the master's wealth proportionately to what they can steward. You know, in our modern world, we're going to hear cries of, that's not fair. You know, it's easier for the one person who's got 10. They've got a head start. There's no equality here. But do you see the response of the master upon his return? 
The response of the master was the exact same for the first two servants. Word for word, exact same. Even though the first servant had double what the second servant had. And one of the secrets to being faithful over what God has given you is being okay with what God hasn't given you. It's being okay with what he's given to others. You may not have what the next person has, but I tell you this, church, you are not called to steward what they have. You're called to steward what God has given you. So there's a temptation to let a spirit of comparison creep in and cripple us. I want to encourage you, don't let that desire for what they have prevent you from investing well in what God has given you. You know, the reward for faithfulness is the exact same for each of us. There may be a world changer here, and there may well be someone that is faithful in their nine to five. And I want to tell you this, if you're faithful to the end, the reward is the exact same. Well done, good and faithful servant. So what I'm giving you here is a, is a, a bigger vision for the Christian life. We're not just saved from sin, but we're saved to service. Our lives are to be lived actively. Our lives are to be lived investing in God-given resources. So secondly, we're called to risk in faith, not bury in fear. Jesus' invitation to each of us today is to steward what he has given us in faith and not fear. Faithfulness to God in the here and now is not passive. You see, in the text it says immediately they went or at once they went. So we don't merely confess what we believe, kick our feet back, enjoy the ride, and wait for Jesus to return. Faithful stewards of God's resources throughout history are found to be those who have taken initiative and those who have risked it all. Those who have engaged head-on with the cultural idols of the day. Those who have carried the kingdom of God at the expense of their reputation, expense of their status, expense of their following. So if we're to faithfully steward what God has given us, we've got to realize it's active and it's not passive. And it's going to be costly. The bags of gold are grace-given. Our resources at our disposal are grace-given. They are given from God. But you must hear this. Grace is a free gift to receive, but in stewarding it, it's going to cost you everything. So faithful to God is, and here and now is not passive, but it's not frenzied action. So make sure you hear this. It's not passive, but it's not frenzied action. It's tempting to swing the pendulum the other way from being a total passenger to being a, a workaholic to doing enough to show yourself to be busy in case Jesus returns and he finds you taking a break. Being faithful with our resources doesn't mean we have to become a world changer. Doesn't mean that we have to eradicate poverty and, and stamp out human trafficking. And you know what? Some people are going to rise to that and some people are going to do that. And that's going to be incredible. But we're called to participate in the here and now and be faithful with where we are. Faithful in the nine to five. Faithful in our retirement Faithful in raising families, faithful in the sports club, taking initiative where we are, investing in who and what is around you. And that can be scary. You know, John Wimber, who started the Vineyard Movement, used to say that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Risking our comforts, risking our pleasure, risking our security. And you know, it's all for a greater agenda. It's for the kingdom of God. That's how the parables in Matthew 25 start. The kingdom of God will be like this. And you know, one of the greatest hindrances to risk is fear. Fear of making a mistake. So I'd rather not give it a go. Fear of regretting the decision that we make. What if it doesn't pay off? A fear that we're going to get it wrong. How, how can I be sure that what I'm going to do is going to be right? Or maybe it's fear of, of losing out or fear of missing out. If I do this, then I can't do that. 
and, and, and we limit our options or we become indecisive. And so in the parable, the servant who hid his master's bag of gold did so out of fear. And this is a sad reality for some of us. When we were baptized, we publicly de declared our identification with Christ. That's what Jason has just done. But yet that feels like such a long time ago and now I struggle to even tell people that I go to church on a Sunday, let alone dare to speak out about my faith. You know, the servant who was, who was dominated by fear buried his treasure. You know, he didn't even need to double his investment like the other guys. All he could have done was he could have put it on deposit in the bank and earned a little bit of interest, which would have been a better and faithful return. But he didn't. And the reason behind his fear was because he didn't really know the master. He thought of the master as a hard man. Church, we're given no indication that the master was a hard man. Fear dominated the third servant's heart. And instead of using initiative and taking risk, he couldn't do anything. He's paralyzed, so he, so he buried it. And this is the sad thing about the parable and, and, and about some of our lives. Not only that we avoid risk and adventure in our faith, but our faith, or sorry, our, our fear will stem from a wrong view of God. You know, I want to help us try to correct that wrong view of God. And Romans 8 keeps coming back to me this month in so many contexts. The very start of Romans 8 says, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The very end of Romans 8 says that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Church, we're called to risk in faith, not bury in fear. Thirdly, joy and freedom come from knowing and loving the master. You know, whenever we've got a right view of who God says he is, when we've got a right view of what God says we are in him, and when we've got a right view of what God has called us to do using his resources through the power of the Spirit, we will experience a deep joy and a freedom. And I've saw that in Jason's story today. A freedom from fear. Because we've already been redeemed, we've already been commissioned. A freedom to serve, not because we must, but because we want to. And God begins to foster in us this attitude of gratitude that comes first from knowing Him well. And I said last week, we cannot get to know God on the sly. And so whenever we stand before the Master's judgment, and each of us are going to hear these words, the single greatest goal for any Christian is to hear these words, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Joy and freedom come from knowing and loving the master. And finally, bags of gold or, or talents equals or means mission. You know, the most obvious instinct for the one-talent servant is to play it safe. And it's to play it safe out of fear. To avoid the dangers of mi mixing with the, the world. This is the one-talent servant who will happily come to church He'll share his faith with other people in the church and he'll be a Christian inside the four walls of the, of the school building. But being stewards of God, God's resources means mission. We're to come out of the church and into the world with our bags of gold. We're to invest and make a difference. You'll hear this at CCC. We are to be radically distinct from the world, absolutely, but we are to be radically engaged with the world. We're to be a provocative people. We're to establish the way of the kingdom, issuing an invitation and a call to everyone. We're to be that salt and that light. And you know what? That is, that's class. What a commission. And that is a high bar. And that is wonderful. And I tell you this, I don't want to leave us hoping and, and, and wanting for something that we struggle to attain to because like you, I am the same. Whenever we fail, or whenever we fail to be faithful, I want us to remember the one who risked it all. 
You know, these are four great applications for us to take away. But you know what? We will fail. We will fail to be faithful. But whenever we fail to be faithful, let us remember the one who has risked it all. You know, every day we fall short. But whenever we fall short, we can remember the one who did not fall short. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus had just been baptized, just like Jason, just been baptized. The Spirit carried him out um, out to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And the devil tempts him with power, with position, and with prestige. And Jesus responds time after time. And he says, it is written. He responds with the word of God. Jesus responds with the word of God because he knew his relationship with the Lord well. He knew his relationship with his father really, really well. And Jesus was able to choose a relationship with his father over what the world had to offer. Jesus was faithful where, where, where we have not been. And uh, can I just invite the band back up? Can I invite everyone to stand with me? I want us to read from Hebrews chapter 12. So will, will you stand? Will, will you close your eyes? Um, The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Now listen to these words, church. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, So consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Church, the joy that was set before Jesus was you and I. May we be faithful to the end. May we make it to the end and hear those beautiful words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Amen.